You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome to Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode five. Back at it again. Um, yeah, so we're here for another episode. I'm uh, looking forward to telling you this story. And by the way, you guys, my Instagram, I'm locked out of it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so uh, hopefully I'll be able to work this out, figure it out, and be posting pictures once again. So you guys can check that out for all the... All these cases and stories and stuff. So, are you ready for this one? So, what do we got going on today? This one is um, actually a missing person from, she's been missing since 2004. Her name is Maura Murray. So, uh, I actually watched a YouTube video uh, about this case, and it's called The Mystery of Maura Murray, The Hometown Tragedy. And it's a full episode, and it's her older sister, Julie, that tells uh, the story about what happened to her sister. So I'm just going to get into it. You ready? Yep. So this is the 2004 disappearance of 21-year-old Maura Murray. Maura was born on May 4th, 1982, in Brockton, Massachusetts. She grew up in Hanson, Massachusetts, though, which is a small suburb on the south shore of Massachusetts. Um, her parents were Fred and Lori, Lori Murray. And she was the fourth child. She has an older brother, two older sisters, and a younger brother. She was raised in a religious household, but her parents uh, got divorced when she was six years old. Maura went on to graduate from Whitman Hanson Regional High School, and then she was accepted to the U.S. Military Academy in West Point, New York, and this is where she studied chemical engineering. Uh, So her older sister, Julie, that that was in this documentary, states that uh, she thought more would be, she would like love the academy because she was very into sports in high school and everything. It just seemed like she would, it would be her thing that she would like it. But she went into it and she just was not having it. She didn't like it and she didn't enjoy it at all. So she went to the University of Massachusetts Amherst to study nursing. Although when her sister uh, Julie was stationed in Korea, Maura would like send these letters and care packages to her just to, you know, just to show her sister love, how amazing she was. So on the morning of February 9th, 2004, Maura had mapped out a route on her computer to Burlington, Vermont. She then proceeded to submit all of her work in for school electronically. And she even sent an email to her professors saying that there was a death in the family when, in fact, uh, her parents and family came back and said that that was absolutely not true. There was no death in the family. But she had stated to her professors that there was, so she wasn't going to be attending class. Maura seemed to, um, she seemed to like pack a bag too with all, like a lot of her belongings, not everything, but a bunch of stuff. And around uh, 3.15, she got into her 1996 Saturn and she went to an ATM. She withdrew $280, which was almost everything that she had in her account. She then went to a liquor store and purchased about $40 worth of alcohol. She took off driving north towards New Hampshire And at about 
or no, at 727 that night, a resident of Haverhill, New Hampshire, by the name of Faith Westman, called police stating that there was an accident right, side, right outside of her house and that a car was stuck in a ditch, which this was on Route 112. And this r- road was very windy, so uh, they believe that maybe she just, you know, veered off the, the road. A short time after that, Butch Atwood, who was a bus driver, he came across Mora and asked if she needed help or if she needed him to call police. And she responded that she had already called AAA. And to him, it was really weird because there was like no reception in the area. So he had literally had to go back to his house to call anybody to even get help. So he thought that was a little strange. So he took off. He went home and he called authorities at 742, stating that she didn't appear injured at all, but she seemed a little shaken up and that her airbags had actually been deployed um, but there was no sign of, you know, sign of blood or anything anywhere. Officers arrived on, arrived on scene at 7.46 p.m., but Mora was nowhere to be found. And the officer had found that her car was locked. There was a box of red wine behind the driver's seat. And there were stains on the ceiling and the door. And there was a Coke bottle. And it looked like it had red liquid, liquid in it. Maybe there was wine in the bottle. I don't know. Uh, It was also strange that if she had walked off, uh, she didn't know that particular area and it was really cold and there was snow on the ground. So she and she also left almost everything in her car. But it seemed like she took some things, but like not everything. There were no footsteps leading to anywhere and she just almost seemed to just vanish So police didn't uh, take her disappearance seriously at first and they figured that she had just walked off. Because, I mean, she was 18. She's an adult. Some, at least a lot of times I hear that, you know, they just like, well, she's an adult, (laughs) you know, and they don't really take a lot of these things serious at first. It seems like her dad had to actually search for her because the authorities wouldn't. I hear that so many times. It blows my mind that I just can't imagine, you know, anybody's child going missing and they are the ones that have to search because like authorities just won't for some reason. Was it or, before 24 hours before they can even report her missing? Is that why? I don't know. I've heard I, I've heard mixed things about that. I really don't know how true that is. I wonder if it's different states or what, but I don't know how true that is. I hear that a lot, but but I didn't read anything about that hmm. in this story. But mm-hmm. So finally they did do a search around the area where her car was found. The, they had scent dogs and they had followed her scent about 100 meters down the road, but then her scent it just disappeared. So they found nothing. And at the time, actually, Facebook had just launched five days prior. And it was kind of good timing in a sense because they were able to get her story out there and get her face out there and try to get her found uh, and, you know, get all the information out to the public. And in September of 2016, Fred Murray... Uh, Mara's father went to the highest court in New Hampshire and requested all the information on his daughter's disappearance, but it was still an open investigation. So he couldn't get all the information. And some of the paperwork that he did get back was a lot of it was redacted. So he couldn't even really read everything that was on there. He searched for his daughter every weekend. And some rumors were that she was buried in a local basement. And in February of 2019, cadaver dogs, uh, like multiple dogs, they all alerted to this house uh, near the crash site. And they searched, but there was nothing found. They did find human remains in 2021 in Loon Mountain, 
which is about 25 miles from where her car was found, although those results came back stating that these bones were out of range of the time that Maura went missing. So it wasn't her. Uh, her sister stated in the documentary that Maura loved to make fun of her sister and her parents like in a joking way, and she was a very, very caring person. Her father states that he will never give up looking for his daughter and that everyone needs to continue talking about her. So she is still a missing person. So uh, if you have any information, you can contact the New Hampshire Cold Case Unit. There's also more information on moramurraymissing.org. And at the time of her disappearance, she was 5'7 and about 120 pounds with brown hair, blue eyes. And she was last seen wearing a dark jacket and jeans. So I'm going to play a little clip just from the YouTube video that I was talking about, the mystery of Maura Murray, the hometown tragedy. tragedy. Uh, this is just her sister speaking uh, in the video. The number one thing that I want people to know is she's still missing. You know, after all these documentaries, after all this talk online, after all these years, we're still no closer. Mara is still missing. It's been 18 years. Well, that was the end of episode five. We thank you guys for listening to us once again. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to this, you know, these episodes.